Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Russ Horner. He has been a Connecting the Community podcast guest before. He's talked about the Legion, his business, descriptive scanning. For this podcast, we're going to talk about mascots. Russ is a real authority on mascots. Welcome, Russ. Well, thank you, Marge. Great to be back again. Yeah, I am so glad we've been able to find the time to do this and have this conversation. But Russ, let's start. Um, and please tell us a little about yourself. I believe you've lived around here for most of your life. And you got your start in the mascot business over at Canada's Wonderland. Yeah, that's really true. Uh, we grew up in, uh, my parents moved from Toronto to Maple in 1957. Uh, 57, 58. Um, I was born in 61. So I lived in Maple for my, the first, uh, let's see here, um, 24 years. Uh, and then my parents moved to uh, Richmond Hill in 1984. Uh, and and uh, they've been uh, in the house uh, ever since and, uh, and so on. So yeah, so in the neighborhood for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Canada's Wonderland was in 1980, 1979 started to be built, uh, 78, 79 started to be built. I was a fanatic about Saturday morning cartoons. Growing up in a small town, most people get this. Growing up in a small town, uh, almost anywhere, cartoons were big. For me, they were Three Stooges, silent movies. I loved, loved, loved silent movies, loved Red Skelton. And um that was really, really the foundation of my interest. I didn't know at the time as a young kid, but those were building blocks to me starting a, a very long 40-year career with characters and, and mascots. How would you describe the purpose or role of mascots? It's a really good question because we talk a lot about mascots, but in my opinion, all mascots are characters, but not all characters that you see are necessarily mascots. And there's a big difference there. Hmm. So the role of a mascot, as we would think about a mascot, Toronto Maple Leafs, Blue Jays, a school, a lot of these organizations have mascots who are also characters. And their role is to be kind of a, a cheerleader and to create excitement for an event or organization. The Olympic Games had mascots, of which I was a part of. They're mascots. They're also characters. But then you have characters that you may see around that aren't necessarily mascots. So, for instance, I remember Rice Krispies, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. They had costume characters. Would you consider them mascots? I would say they're more brand ambassadors. They're more on the marketing side of of something. Crayola, we worked with Crayola for many years. We 
had crayon costumes that we wore. Is that a mascot or is it really a brand identifier, brand character? So there's really a difference in what the goal is uh, for these characters. Um, once characters really took off and mascots took off, uh, then these companies started coming up with, well, we need a mascot. But what they're really saying is we need a brand ambassador to represent our company and gives us an excuse to get out there. So the role is is different depending on what what the where the character or mascot came from. Interesting. You're <laughs> making me think about a lot of things. So would the city's green bin care mascot be a mascot or a character? Well, it's really funny that you even mentioned that because that's exactly the example I was going to use. So okay. The, the bins, it's mm -hmm. an inanimate object, but they their purpose also is to bring the community together for a very mutual and important activity, mm -hmm. and that is recycling. Yeah. And so so from that point of view, it's kind of sitting sitting right in the middle there. It's it is a cheerleader to an extent of mm -hmm. let's get people involved and let's get people going here. Um and uh on the other side, it's a it's a hard sell. It is a box. It is a recycling box, and uh, so you know it's it's right in the middle there. But it serves a very positive purpose, uh, and so that too is is a trait of a of a mascot and a positive a positive character is is that you want to have that experience with the character as a positive one. So. It's right in the middle there, in my opinion. It's right in the middle, but it is a very positive symbol. So, um, but is it going to do flips and and cheer like you would on a football field? Maybe not, uh, but it still is a cheerleader for a very specific function within a community for sure. Okay, you got me uh, thinking more than I thought I would. So, can you describe the attributes that makes one good for being in a mascot? business both physically and personality so over the years since i started interviewing people to wear large oversized puppets basically mm -hmm. um since uh that, that was 19 uh 1980 uh not one personality really makes up the best performer uh, the person to be inside uh at wonderland we had the shyest people that we hired to go in costumes and we also had the most outgoing people go in costume there isn't really a rhyme or reason you look at the personality of, of the person uh how they might uh, bring the character to life uh in costume uh it's really important um that it's not just the outgoing the level of outgoingness of a person who would make the best character performer uh, you take a lot into consideration um, what what is their what responsibilities have they had in the past that they walked with, have they worked with children have they worked with seniors have they worked with people with disabilities have they uh, you know all of these things come into play so to answer your question there really isn't really a good formula but there is a there, there are foundational things in a person that a conscientious person when it comes to dealing with anybody of any background, um, uh, any ability, anything like that, that will go into a positive experience 
uh, for the person coming in contact with uh, with a character performer. Definitely the athletics, depending on the character, mm -hmm. that definitely helps depending on what it is, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, the recycling bins, a ketchup bottle, a crayon, um, you know, they, they may not require the same amount of athletic ability than, um, than maybe uh, the Toronto Maple Leaf mascot or the football team mascots who are running constantly uh, on a field. So, yeah, but uh, there's a lot of caring involved and a lot of safety involved. So someone in costume to do it right has to be very conscientious about a lot of different things. Okay. So are there height restrictions or weight restrictions? Are there, um, I guess you have to be at a certain physical Le uh, level correct for sure so warner brothers for an example warner brothers uh, i've worn hundreds of different costumes over the years uh i remember there was a it was an anniversary i think the anniversary of warner brothers cartoons bugs bunny and all that so they wanted uh, bugs bunny to throw the opening pitch uh, for the blue jays game well, it just, the costume got, got sent to me, but I'm not a tall person, but even I was too tall uh, to wear the costume. My ankles were showing. So fortunately, I had another person that was shorter than I was and uh, uh, that I am, and uh, he was able to get on the field um, and, and throw the pitch. So definitely there are height requirements for sure, depending on the size of the costume. There's no doubt about it. Um, and uh, there are a lot of restrictions inside a costume as well. The vision, you have no peripheral vision uh, in a costume. Uh, you have your hearing is affected in a costume. Your feeling in your hands and your feet all affected. You don't, that's why one of the biggest rules is you do not pick up a mascot or character does not and should not pick up children because there is a lack of feeling in the hands. Um, you don't run in costume. That's another thing. You shouldn't be running in costume. Um, that's a huge issue because you can't you can't see down a lot of times. So there are safety rules. There are exceptions for certain things, but there are a lot of things that go are in a costume that restrict the person wearing it for sure, including just the basic size of the character. Okay. Next time I see a. Uh mascot i'm gonna really be thinking so <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so flipping this question what makes a good mascot as a costume as a character well i can tell you what i found was always good uh as a character uh, a, a costume character but truly you can make anything be a character or you can you can dress up as a sock and be the biggest star as a character or mascot in the world dressed as a sock uh, i mean you can you could do that depending on who's inside but for me personally there are a number of and i'm thinking trying to think of them all right now there are a number of costumes that i always preferred because i found i had the most movement in them and these were the costumes that had kind of one piece foam shell and then you had spandex legs big feet spandex arms and big hands so you could really move and be animated in those you had very a lot of flexibility jabber jaws at wonderland uh was like that uh sparkles from the niagara falls festival of lights mr grape from uh, grape and wine festival uh there was a lot of them uh that were that were like the captain caveman at wonderland like that 
So they, those were my favorite ones. So the vision was usually really good. Um, so those are my best. The worst ones, um, I can I can just tell you about the worst one that I ever wore, and that was a cow. The cat, the milk marketing board one year hired, uh, uh, rented a cow costume, and this was the worst costume I ever wore. It was a parade right down at Queen's Key, and they and I was walking, which I never walk in a never walk in a parade in costume, used ninety nine percent of the time. Um, so they had me walking behind the mounted police officers on their horses. And this costume, I could not look straight. The only way to look was right down at the road in this parade and just the nature of this costume. So I was looking at things for the entirety of that parade uh, that I didn't really want to be looking at for the entirety of the parade. But anyway, there are good ones and not so good ones. The big thing, Marge, is that um, when people build costumes, they don't always have the experience of wearing them. I've mm, yeah. performed in costume eight, 9,000 times. Wow. And I know what works and doesn't work and what's comfortable and what's safe. I've been in costumes that really scared me because mm. I felt like if I was ever in trouble, I couldn't get out of them. I couldn't get out of it by myself without help. And I never liked that. I never mm -hmm. liked to be reliant on someone to yeah. get me out of a costume. So they're all different. And these are all things that people need to look at when either purchasing a costume or getting into one. Get it, yeah. Okay. You've told me you're, the cow is your least favorite. <laughs> okay. Tell me some of your favorites. <laughs> well, so the, the best one of the um, most amazing programs that I ever worked on was the Ronald McDonald program at McDonald's mm. in 2014, 15, uh, being associated with McDonald's and their character program was incredible. First mm -hmm. class all the way. And in my weird world of characters and mascots in corporate character land, McDonald's number one by far. Mm. Uh, so just being around that, um, uh, was just enough for me to to see how it operated amazing um but from um uh, costumes that uh, i wore and or managed uh the olympic games uh, uh kwachi sumi and miga amazing to be around we had 69 costumes they were beautiful uh, we did 33 3400 appearances around the world uh, in 18 months uh, just incredible uh, costumes I usually wore either Sumi or 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 Quachi um, when I I didn't do very many appearances for the Olympic Games because I was coordinating the program but really great but the Toronto Argonaut mascot Scully one of my favorites Domer the turtle for 13 years, uh, we managed Domer the Turtle, and he was, I think, my favorite from a, okay. a wearability point of view, but also the toy appeal point of mm -hmm. view. Domer was really a cute, cute mascot, and uh, and uh, and so I really liked him. Uh, most of them were really fun. Most of them were really fun. Some were just different than others, but really had a, there was a lot of them that were really, really fun. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. This may seem like a strange question, but I've really wondered what happens <clears throat> to the costume when you're done. Like, is there a certain way of storing them? Are there warehouses full of costumes? Do you need special hangers? What happens? Definitely, you need special hangers. They definitely need to be 
aired out and maintained uh, for sure. Part, part of that maintenance is making sure uh, that they are disinfected after use um, and hung up properly to dry. Uh, this is the where the education comes in for people not knowing how to run a character program. The maintenance and just managing a big bulky costume is a big deal. You can't just wear it. Oh, that was fun. And then throw it in a bag and put it in a closet. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, it can't happen that way. Uh, so there are, there are spe- uh, special racks that you can either build uh, or buy uh, to properly store the heads. At Wonderland, we had cubicles for every character. Uh, and uh, in my warehouse that I had in Concord for 13 years, um, we had uh, storage units for each of the characters that we uh, that we ha- housed in terms of what happens after uh, the programs are done um, a lot of these characters are licensed characters so they belong to companies and organizations and um, so no one can really they can't be sold they can't be traded they can't be anything like that because they're protected they represent a brand or or an and Olympic Games, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, so they are um, replaced. That's the nicest way to put it. They are re- replaced or they're just not used again. They're put away. There's one example that I did want to mention. It's very relevant that we're talking in 2024 because 40 years ago, this year, I received my first big contract with the Toronto Sesquicentennial Board to be the Toronto's 150th birthday mascot, Sesqui the Squirrel. Canada's Wonderland built two Sesqui the Squirrel costumes for us. We did 720 appearances in 14 months. There's still, I don't know if there's two costumes left, but there's at least one that I'm aware of. And with the idea that, and this was, went through council, City of Toronto Council, where they wanted to put Sesqui the Squirrel away and then bring him out at the 200th anniversary. Uh, So Sesqui the squirrel may not be gone forever. He may be coming out in 50, in what what year would that be? 34, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, 10 years from now, he may be coming coming back. I still still stay in touch with David Garrick, uh, who was the general manager of the CN Tower and president of the Sesquicentennial Board. And we still talk about these these things and the squirrels and and uh, what happened during that year and um, so yeah so but for the most part once a program is done then so are the costumes okay so how have things changed with mascots like are there is there new technology new fabrics is there more safety regulations so I think for in terms of safety regulations safety regulations the Olympic Games even asked me, Russ, what's going to make up a, a successful character program? And they were kind of surprised that I said the number one element that will help make your program successful is safety. So safety, safety is safety. You have limitations in a character program, a character costume. Uh, so those will those won't really change. Although there may be things within a costume that will that force it to change. But in terms of materials, you know, just the other day I saw. I, I find that there's a lot of inflatable type characters and costumes around. Even the Raptor I've seen at basketball games have have uh, in, use inflatable 
costumes uh, for certain parts. Um, and now just the other day, I saw something where it was actually a, a two gorillas that were inflatable, yet they had fur on them and uh, really looked great. So over the years, certainly things as simple as eyes, how do you build the eyes? Well, they used to be there used to be nothing in eyes. You just see the person's eyes and face through the eyes. And then there's chicken wire. And then there's reticulated, fo reticulated foam that we still use uh, today. Um, but now there's and, and now there's acrylic like plastics and things like that. There's animated eyes, for instance. Uh, if you see Mickey Mouse, he's got beautiful um, eyes that move up and down. We had a Yogi Bear that eyes moved up and down. But certainly over the years, things have become lighter. Uh, there's there's no question about that with the materials used. Um, and they'll just continue to get better. And the animatronics within costumes have gotten better and better and better. Yogi Bear at Wonderland, we had a little handbrake from a bicycle that operated the mouth and the eyes, little handbrakes in the hands. That's how it that's how you operate calipers, I should say. That's what operated. Now it's all electronic and done remotely and all sorts of things. So, yeah, those will continue to change for sure. Okay. No, very interesting. They can write a book on the evolution of mascots. Okay. Right. <laughs> so have people's reactions to mascots changed over time? And particularly with children, have kids changed? I don't think the desire of children uh, to see these fuzzy cute animals and things have changed that much. They want to be around them uh, for sure. I just don't, myself, I just don't see as many uh, as I used to. Uh, it, it just used to be that there was a, a character or mascot everywhere uh, around uh, in, engaging with the, with the public. Uh, I just don't see as many uh, around uh, as, as I have. But having seen the few that I have seen, uh, the reactions are the same. I mean, there's magic with them. Um, there's a lot more social media, social media support mm -hmm. for mascots. I mean, having an actual physical mascot is one thing. That's a huge program and a huge undertaking to find the people to keep it maintained. The costumes are expensive, but it's the social as social media aspect of a character program uh, that really sells it uh, and, and creates that story and the magic. And if you're lucky to meet uh, the actual character, well, let's take Upik, uh, mm -hmm. for example. I mean, Upik has been around forever for such a long, long time. And, and he's cute and he's animated and he's awesome. And he's a perfect representation um, um, being, a, being a, a, a snowy owl. And, uh, and so He's got that support in social media. He's on the posters. He's got that and been around for years. And if you can see him in person, he's a star. Yeah. And yeah. so that magic is still there for okay. sure. I just yeah. don't see as many as I used to. That's all. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing Ukbik again at the Winter <laughs> Carnival. I've got some great pictures. Actually, one of my favorite pictures of my brother was with Ukbik. So oh, come on. Just, yeah. Uh, I, I, really positive memories and i think that's a lot of mask things with mascots is it's if you're down in disney world canada's wonderland you're just uh posing with those mascots are just some great to uh, it's true memories. it's yeah. true yep uh so you we do have the winter carnival coming up and Ukpik. uh you have answered the question i had about what is Ukpik. it's not a word in my regular vocabulary but it's uh a snowy owl? 
Snowy owl in a nuktuk. Yes, it is. It's okay. a snowy owl. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so that's uh, so that's the, that's the word. Uh, that's what it means. Ukpik, um, yep. uh, and uh, so that's what it means. That's where it comes from. Uh, so I think it's a perfect Ukpik is a perfect representation for uh, the winter carnival for yeah. sure. Yeah. And the thing is, and and this is the same with almost every program that I've been a part of, and that is the winter carnival has kept it going. They haven't said, Oh, we need a new one. We need to get something else, whatever they've kept with it. And mm -hmm. that it, it's had that longevity and that's yeah. fantastic. Like it's been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's really, really important to not, to not give up on uh, icons like who picked for sure. Right. It gives it the identity. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like Mickey mouse. So. Right. Yeah. So same sort of thing. Okay. Uh, we've said a lot. Some really interesting things that you have had to say, really thought provoking. Is there anything else that you want to add? Well, I, I think I said a lot of it. Uh, I just just some of the. Again, it all comes down to safety for sure. Uh, these are cute and cuddly creatures <laughs> and inanimate objects that you can make come alive. But uh, alive, but safety is always number one. And my experiences, I've I've. Cried in costume going to hospitals many, many times. Um, I've been overjoyed. Uh, I've been scared thinking I'm in danger and I have been in danger many, many times. Uh, you just have to be really prepared and be careful. But it, it, it has been a very rewarding career in that and it's not over yet. Um, but actual actually performing, I think I'm a little over over age for that perhaps uh, but i'm still tempted i'm always tempted yeah, it's in my yeah. blood for sure um but uh it is very rewarding and this all came out back in the day of a dream i was interested in these cartoons and that's always my uh, cartoons and silent movie stars which i used into the character programs every day uh and so my always my advice to especially young people is if you have an idea or something that you love to do, think about yourself and say, I like it. I want to do something with it and not don't mm -hmm. listen to other people uh, in terms of not not developing your ideas. This was just a thought and an idea. And uh, lots of young people have ideas and thoughts to create something born in their own minds. Own it, take it, run with it and see where it goes. I love what you said there. So thank you for those wise words. So uh, I am going to ask you to send me some uh, videos, some pictures to put in the mascot note, in the mascot, in the podcast notes. And because uh, I know you've got some good things that you could share with that. So really appreciate all these stories and these explanations. It's extremely, extremely interesting. You're welcome. I do end all podcasts with the guest's response to this question. And I've asked you this before, but you may not. I'm going to ask you how you feel now. Name one thing you really like about this community. Well, Marge, I'm not going to recreate anything else. I'm just going to say what I said before because I really believe it. Uh, what I appreciate uh, about Richmond Hill right now uh, is is how much opportunity we have as a as a community. We have so much going on. We have uh, the influx of so many new people who are finding out uh, what the area is like. They bring with them great talents, great food, great arts. 
um, all sorts of things that we can all learn from uh, and uh, great new business businesses and more businesses and different businesses. And I bottom line for me, it's the opp opportunity that lies right here in front of us in Richmond Hill. Woo. Again, very wise thing to say. So thank you. And thank you for saying that. So uh, I am uh, looking forward to seeing you as a mascot or otherwise somewhere around town. So again, thank you, Russ, for making the time to do this podcast. You're very welcome, Marge. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-J, at MargeAndre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.